you gonna share this weird dream with us or is this gonna be your, your private idaho well it's it's just this weird it's so fucking weird i'm back to being 18 and i 50 I, years ago okay the last year of high school the last quarter of the academic year i have to change high schools my family moves and i actually was running ahead of the game and had all the credits I needed to graduate from my old high school, so I am actually considered graduated. But in the new school, for some reason, I can't get my shit together. I'm not turning in any of the English writing assignments. I'm not doing the math homework. I can't even find like a science or history class. I, I literally can't find it to go to the class. Ooh, I've and had so that. Um, yeah. I'm at the last quarter, I'm basically flunking out. I'm sort of like in this tension of I'm graduated and I have all I need to graduate, but I'm not going to graduate and I'm in trouble. And it, it's just this it's and it's been happening for months. It just keeps resurfacing in another form. Uh, in one of them, I actually had to the, the last quarter of the senior year was canceled. So, or I got sick, I think, or something. And, and so I had to just do one last quarter of the following year and I'd be fine. And it was the same thing. It's, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm just having, I just can't do all the work and stuff. And so everything's falling apart. Some sort of universal COVID stress kind of thing, because I, I mean, I've definitely had a few similar dreams. Last night I dreamed that I was for some reason at Zappos trying to open a program that I couldn't have opened as it's like yeah just this weird stress of I should be able to do this easily why can't I do this yeah it could yeah. be that you're drinking too much before bed you know I've <laughs> stopped, I actually haven't drunk in a while I, I had a little bit I had a couple drinks New Year's Eve but that's it I'm having one right now yeah <laughs> there you go so. welcome folks to Geek Shock number 570 I am Master Torgo 80's Jeff Commander K Fact Jack Dandy Maple Leaf Matt and Dr. Vlarg, hey everybody! Welcome back, right. Barry. God, this good guy. to be back. It's been quite a while. <laughs> it uh, has. Are, are we gonna be able to do this? Because I thought that we weren't gonna have uh, maple leaf because of the beef between uh, Canada and uh, Texas. I thought that's why we weren't <laughs> gonna have maple leaf this week. No, it's not a problem because I share no affiliation with Texas. I still deny that I'm here. That's why we still invite you on the show. What what beef you talking about? Everybody knows Canada did gack shit during the Alamo. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and bringing the funny. Woohoo! <laughs> Plus, Ted Cruz is from both, so you both are shit. Oh, oh my shit. God. <laughs> wow. Now, I'll have you know that my time in Texas is, you know, if, if anyone does the thing from Pee Wee Herman, I have to respond the right way. And I've taken up the barbecue. Very much so. It was either that or the shotgun. I think, eh, barbecue. I can, I can use that you more often. You took up the barbecue before you left Vegas. That is technically correct, which is... 
<laughs> just because you're in a state that barbecues a lot doesn't mean you pick it up there. You barbecued here, bro. Come on. Yeah, I did. I did. But I really picked it up here because I, I, I kind of wanted to ingratiate myself to potential friends. And I have made some friends with barbecue. In fact, it's interesting. I went on a cruise a couple years ago out of Galveston. And uh, I just went into the cigar bar, as one does, and I just start talking barbecue, and I made friends. And I still have those friends to today. So, yes, barbecue equals friends. How you doing, everybody? It brings <laughs> all so, sides together. You're, you're not a stranger to barbecue, but you've honed your craft while you've been there. Yes. I, I have much room for improvement, but I've honed it. That's why I didn't say perfected. I just said no. honed. <laughs> no, no, no. There is no perfection in barbecue. There's only the journey. Only learning. Mike Mills uh, was pretty damn close, God rest his soul, since he just passed recently. Memphis Barbecue Zone, Mike Mills, the, the champion himself. We lost him this week. Oh, oh no. Yep. Is that why his restaurant is now Texas Barbecue? Uh, no, no, that's that <laughs> okay. comes to a whole bunch of crap prior to. So. Don't, don't pick that scab. Yeah. He, ha- he still had two restaurants in Illinois, Matt, that he was very active in, apparently right up until like the week before his passing. But yeah. He was still there smoking till the day he died, basically. I don't know the man. If I was the judges of that barbecue, I would not be giving him any awards because you know what I like about that place. I hate that place. Way to remember the dead there, Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Matt, Matt, you you got into Memphis well after Mike had already kind of moved on back to Illinois. So you didn't get true Memphis. Okay. Wasn't a fan of the wood or the sauce. That's just me. Oh, wait, wait. The apple? The apple iced tea was good. I'll give him that. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. See, it's a win. <laughs> it's always a win. It's barbecue. You ain't gonna. You're not gonna say no to it. <laughs> yes, you are. Tex. Oh wait, that's Tex-Mex. Never mind. That's Mother- not even barbecue. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't even get me started on Tex-Mex and your peas and corn and your your carrots and your rice. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, I'm out here in New England and they they boil their barbecue. No. Yes, they call it parboiling. That's why I could never get over Tony Roma's ribs. They were god-awful for that very reason. Boo. Well, you, you know the Upper East Coast. They're well-known for their barbecue style. <laughs> <laughs> this Let's is not true. turn this into barbecue the podcast because we could be here. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, you know, you're, you're going to bring out the worst in people. There's going to be lines that will be drawn about barbecue. And I'd rather not do that. Barbecue is supposed to be what brings people together. But... Barbecue, you know, barbecue, online, barbecue. there's some fights. True, uh, barbecue aficionados pro, uh, appreciate barbecue from all different regions, Barry. This is true. This is true. All I'm going to say is this is the best nap I've had without the nightmare in uh, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not our fault. You have you have the palate of a four-year-old, okay? So get out of yeah. here. I'm with Matt Don't. on that. The Geek Shock Book Club has decided on the first book of the year, and that book is All Systems Read by Martha Wells. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice little short novella when it comes down to it, so if you just want a quick read, it's, it's, uh, I think it's like 120 pages long, so just a, a quick little dive to start the year out. What's it about? I, I am making some headway on it now. It's about a murder bot. Murder bot. Okay. <laughs> With the office work out of the way, I guess you could call it. Uh, I do want to put a couple thank yous. We did receive some physical mail in the past few weeks. I was yes. able to deliver that out to the gentleman last night, finally. First items were sent to us from Mandy in Australia. Yay, Always wonderful Mandy. to hear from her. 
And so uh, she wrote you uh, out in Australia. You know what? No one, uh, no one can uh, roast a uh, tarantula like a, uh, like Australia. There you go. Okay. Or mud Which crabs. Shrimp on the so Mandy, so Mandy writes, "Hey guys, just a little something to say. Thanks for keeping the podcast rolling during this shocker of a year. I see what you did there. Yeah. For my, for my two space buddies, Todd and Jeff." Please enjoy these patches from the Australian Research and Space Exploration, ARS, at Space Australia. <laughs> and for Kirsten, I hope you'll like the Northern Territory's unofficial representation to promote travel with their clever slogan, hoping to see you in the Northern Territory, or ah. see you in the NT. Ah, very nice. <laughs> So she sent us patches for uh, both of these entities, and they are yes. wonderful. Yep. Uh, so thank you so much, Mandy. Those are awesome, and and you rock. Where's my patches? You, I, I can't deliver anything to you somehow. I don't know why. It's it's, uh, it's because your barbecue sucks. And when do you put patches <laughs> on your holes in your clothes, Andy? I, I've actually been doing that. I actually have I have like three pairs of jeans, and one of them is I had four pairs of jeans, and one of them is made of patches from the third pair. <laughs> And we also got a package from Jeff Roth and Jess. Uh, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa. Hello, my geeky overlords. Please enjoy these small tokens purchased by me and created by my wife, Penguin Jess. They demonstrate what we are each skilled at, Jess's artistic talents and my ability to spend money on dad jokes. Thank you all for making my weeks extra geeky and my life that much happier. Take care, stay safe, and love you all. Long days and pleasant nights. Jefferoth. And he sent each one of us a shirt. Penguin Jess, of course, makes the most amazing artistic cookies on the planet. And so we each got one with our names on it. And that is glorious. The shirt I got is a Bard shirt. So I'm very, very happy to have this shirt. So it's it's wonderful. Before it got cold, I actually got to social distance visit them down at the uh, the, uh, their their compound in their backyard. Matt, what, what shirt did you get? I got, it says Canada, and then there's two sticks, and on each side of it says, Puck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's appropriate to your demeanor. What are you talking about? I'm a nice guy. <laughs> How about you, Kirsten? What'd you get? I got a Catzilla shirt. So it's very much a Godzilla-themed uh, promotional shirt, except it's a cat ruining Tokyo. Very nice. I love it. How about you, Jeff? The shirt I got is a uh, a mashup of the classic NASA meatball logo with uh, the United Federation of Planets logo, and it says 1966 in the middle, and the little red streak that goes across the normal NASA logo is actually the streaks coming off of the Enterprise's uh, nacelles. It's pretty cool. Wow. Nice. A proper Space Force shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica and, and Jeff. You guys are rock. Thank you. And, yes, and, and the cookie was delicious, too. We have the coolest fans through and through. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm always torn about the cookie because it always looks so cool. I actually had one I didn't eat. Well, there's no point in doing that because they crumble eventually. So you right. got to eat the cookie, but I don't want to eat the cookie. A cookie oh, I, uneaten I, is a useless cookie. I get it. My wife put... Mine up on the shelf with all the action figures turning and paying reverence to it. So, <laughs> I still have my Corks logo cookie 
from way back when. And uh, it's actually held up pretty well. I was surprised. I, I literally thought it was just going to crumble eventually, but it's still it. hanging in there. Eat wow. it. I'm not yes. going to eat it this number of yes. years later. Do it. it. We should bring back what's going in my mouth and you eat that. <laughs> You can and you can wash it down with the uh, with the uh, booze that uh, Jamie made for us that I let sit out too long. <laughs> oh, that, oh my! That, 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 that syrupy booze apparently is not good after a year. Well, and you're also <laughs> supposed to refrigerate it too. What? That's what it said on the label. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> Hank doesn't read labels, uh, Jeff. He uh... and he doesn't read much in the way of instructions. I've discovered. Yeah. So, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Let me start. Okay, Absolutely Matt. nothing. Good to have you back, Matt. You're fired, Matt. Oh, always a treasure. Okay. Um, played some WoW, but you don't want to hear about that. So there you go. I don't know. Did something significant happen in WoW? No. <laughs> it's still something geeky. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you know, Barry, we haven't heard from you in a while. What geeky things do you do in the last few months? Uh, well, <laughs> I've, I've got about a year to make up, but unfortunately, I don't have a year worth of geeky things to do. In fact, I don't think many geeks have a year's worth of, uh, almost a year's worth of geeky things that they've done, because this whole lockdown thing has put a serious damper on the geeky things we can do. I'm a social geek. You guys know this. Uh, I'm a social wait, wait. You're in Texas. It's open door policy still. Come on. You can do a whole yeah. bunch of shit. I know, but I don't want to be around those people. They're disease ridden and terrible. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have been seriously hampered in doing anything truly geeky. Yeah, okay. I, I am drinking some booze from El Big Bad, which is a great uh, uh, booze place in, um, in Houston where they mix uh, their own tequila infusions and whatnot. But I got in, got my shit, and got the fuck out. Um, yeah, I've been doing the same thing a lot of geeks have been doing and watching a bunch of Netflix stuff, and I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but for the most part, my, it's, it's been like everyone else, you know? Every day is almost exactly the same, where I'm watching a lot of binging with Babish and Sam the Cooking Guy on YouTube, and <laughs> wanting to play D&D, but... And, and that was my question. Has the Houston Dungeon Master gone online gaming yet? Absolutely not, and I never will, and here's why. Yes, I, I ran the thing for the scoops uh, for Ice Cream Social, and it was a whole lot of fun. But that is something that, that I lost. I'm sorry? <laughs> that turned you off to online Dungeon Master? <laughs> no, actually, it didn't. If anything, that would have helped it. But those are... Uh, I was running D&D for people who know what the hell they're doing, and... I, I, uh, there's the, the Mercer effect there, where you know you, you have people who are improv people and it makes the game fun for everyone else. It's very difficult because I have a game that I run that, sorry, that I play in and it's, it's, it's not like that. And I don't want to run online D and D. Could I? Absolutely. There is a great service. I want to plug called start playing dot games. Um, it's run by a guy I know called Devin and it's absolutely amazing. And there's a lot of online D and D people who are making money being DMs, check it out. Start playing dot games. Unfortunately, it's just not for me. I'm a live DM. I like the music and the set pieces and interacting with people uh, live, and I can't do that right now because of COVID. I have like three or four bookings 
recurring bookings that I've turned down because of COVID right now. I don't want to get sick and die. So uh, I'm not doing it right now. You wait six months and I might change my tune. But right now I can't do it. So it kind of sucks. So you don't want to you don't want to be the uh, he died the way he wanted to rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will do that. Yes. But that not this way. But not in the midst not of like a global this. pandemic, Andy. Not like yes. this. So I've been doing the regular geeky stuff that everyone else has been doing. Reading comics. Read, uh, just read Ready Player Two. Uh, it was okay. Not as good as the first. And then, of course, the big thing I've been doing. And you know this was coming, Todd. What? What do you pinball? mean? Have you been playing pinball? Well, okay, hold on. Let me say something about that really quick. I have made the conscious choice not to buy a PS4 or 5 <laughs> to let the baby have his bottle. Come <laughs> <laughs> here, baby. Whoop your ass at pinball anytime I want. Uh, I have no proof of that. And neither do you. That is all that is all unfounded conjecture and you can't prove it in court, just like the president. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not buying one right now. There's no point right now. Maybe when PS5 becomes more available and whatnot, maybe I'll buy one, but your pinball scores are safe, sir. Instead, <laughs> I have been playing wait for it. What what? Minecraft! Minecraft. I've heard of that. Yeah, you've heard of it. Like, you have not logged in since uh, November. And I don't like This it. is true. This is true. There I did, are... You know what? You know what? I, I will cop to one thing. I did attempt to log in once, and it wouldn't let me. I, I tried, I believe, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Well, that's because I, I, we have to change the, the server stuff every so often. So you got to log on to Discord and get the right shit and then log in. I kind of figured it was something like that. But it was enough to go, yeah, I'm not doing that right now. Yeah, I know. No, it's super easy to do. And you have Christmas presents waiting for you. Aww. Waiting for you under the big tree that I built. We've been doing some crazy stuff in Minecraft. It's a whole lot of fun. We're having lots and lots of fun in Minecraft. You guys got to join Minecraft. And if you want to, just PM me on Facebook or I'll find you, whatever. We'll get you on. It's a whole lot of fun. No, it's fun. Yes, it's fun. No, nope. it's okay. fun because I, you, I don't. Have you to enjoy building your big giant dicks and shit like that, and and all I that. I will have you know there are no dicks. Bullshit. To your server. <laughs> it's not like Paul is playing. That's true, but there is a giant middle finger in the middle of Hobbiton. But that's beside the point. <laughs> There's mini games. We're building games, and it's a lot of fun. And you got to check it out. And Todd, you are. Uh, you are missed, sir, on the server very much. I, I will oh, I, say I, that I, ha I have been feeling the itch. The itch is starting to come back. My reading is starting to break through again. So I'm, whatever I was in, I, I feel like I'm moving out of it a little bit. Could very well happen. Could very well happen. You will spend a, a good amount of time just exploring all the stuff that we've done. It's uh, it's 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 good times, everybody. I do look forward and to seeing that. Honestly, for Deb and I, it's been keeping us sane because every day is exactly the same. That's got to be know? a struggle for Deb because being around you, it's a struggle to stay sane anyway, right? Hey, hey, she's got a live-in bartender and a live-in cook. But she's a vegetarian. <laughs> what? <laughs> she, she that those are fighting words. She'd kill you for that. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I, no, I I've been doing the same geeky stuff everyone else has been doing. All right, Andy, what geeky things you do? I uh, finished off Venture Brothers. Uh, I, I liked where it ended. It's actually got a nice stopping point. I can I can let that sit until whenever there's another season of it. And then I uh, finished off um, uh, Harley Quinn, which I really love the end of Harley Quinn. I really, uh, yeah, yes. I ate that up. Good stuff. So there, it's, 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 it's weird. I mean, I guess I can start stop complaining about the murderiness of Arrow. I've gone to accept the uh, Elseworlds, you know, that the, you just can't really, it, there is no unified DC universe. You have to watch all the shows separately. And if some crossover, well, that's interesting. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I mean, Harley Quinn has the worst, most awful depiction of uh, Commissioner Gordon ever. And I still loved it. Yes. And that is a terrible Commissioner Gordon. Not to mention the casual murderiness of uh, of uh, Harley Quinn oh, there, Andy. Incredibly murdery. But I, that doesn't that murdery doesn't bother me because it's yeah, it's over the top. And and again, I mean, I guess I accept that uh, the Arrowverse is its own separate thing, and then murder doesn't matter so much there. Now I can just hey, get out of the camera. Time. Get out of the camera. You're not invited. Get <laughs> out, of Matt. Matt, are you talking to your cat? What's going on? <laughs> no, there was a no some pussy. There was a dev sighting. <laughs> wow, Andy. There was what? a dev sighting on uh, Gary's camera there. Uh, yes, we have a, a another super secret voice that has just joined us. I, I see Deb has uh, <laughs> popped onto Barry's microphone. Hi, everybody. Hi, Deb. Hey, Deb. She was just wondering why I'm being so loud. So, yeah. I can don't you just call that Monday? Over the TV, yes. so it's a little. That's normal. Yeah, so. He's always that loud, though. Yes, I know. I know. Which goes back to what I said earlier, Barry, about having to put up with your shenanigans is 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 hard to stay sane. Hey, I, I'm a delight. Add that add that to isolation, and yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world, everyone. And there goes Deb, everybody. She just left. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Speaking of murdering. Uh, all right, Jeff, what, what did you do this week? I watched uh, Cobra Kai all the way through. Love it. Uh, it was really good. The first half Super was cheesy. A, the first half was a little slow, but everything that happened in the first half paid off for the second half of the episodes and ended really kind of the way I kind of wanted season two to end, I think. But uh, I'm now really looking forward to season four, which is has been um, has been picked up by Netflix. So we, we know we'll get at least one more season. Well, theoretically, since. Netflix sometimes will add a season and then cancel it before production begins. But uh, I also, this is an interesting one. Uh, so I love pitch meeting on YouTube and they did a pitch meeting on Wonder Woman 84 uh, yesterday. They posted it. And interestingly enough, a lot of the things that we discussed on this very podcast were brought up comedically on this pitch meeting. So uh, listen to our po- our spoilery talk about uh, Wonder Woman 84, definitely go watch the, the pitch meeting because he brings up a lot of the same points we did, only in a way that's going to make you laugh. Um, I also started uh, uh, Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise just posted yesterday from what I could tell, or at least within the next two or the last two days. So that's this is the second chapter in the three chapter series that Netflix is doing. It's CG sort of anime style Transformers, and uh, I'm liking what I've seen so far. It seems to have a little more pep to it than the first ser- uh, the first chapter, which I I think I yeah. even said on here was a little kind of meh, but still interesting enough for me to finish it. 
yeah, I'm about halfway through that. Those are the main things. And of course, I, I worked a lot, so I didn't get to do as much over the last week. But uh, yeah, those are the those are the geeky things I did. Solid. I want to go back to Cobra Kai for a moment. Yeah, I finished it as well. I know Barry watched it. I watched uh, all of it. I love it. You have to accept that it's cheesy and just absorb it. And it's amazing. It does the fan service that Star Wars wishes it could, but only on the f- only I think it can get away with it just because there is so very little Karate Kid to fan service out there. There's it's really just Karate Kid one and two. They've made a reference to the next Karate Kid at some point. Wait, wait, wait. No, they didn't. They made it, reference it, to the three. When did they make reference to the next Karate Kid? It, 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 it was a throwaway thing. You'll 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 see it. I want to spoil it here. But, uh, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter. I never watched it anyway. So fun. <laughs> But yeah, they made a a little bit of reference to 3 as well, and I'm sure they will do that a little bit more. Uh, I don't think I'm spoiling this too much because they made such a big heyday that in Season 3, they were going to go to Okinawa uh, in in pre-release. And I have to say, the Okinawa segment of this season was by far my favorite part. Uh, I enjoyed the season overall, but I really love what they did with the Okinawa stuff. I did so if, not know that Kumiko was uh, Commodore O from Picard. I do the thing that everyone else does and has my phone at the ready when I'm watching something going, who is that person? And where the, what have they been in? And I IMDB them. Commodore O from Picard. It was Kumiko. I did not know that. And Pat's like, hey, guys. They're like, we thought you died, Pat. He's like, ah, I just went back to Okinawa. Don't spoil it, Matt. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I haven't seen it. I was just threw that out there. <laughs> they actually cross over with Supernatural, and they have to burn his bones to uh, get rid of him. It's oh, okay, okay. It's yeah. harrowing. It's very harrowing, <laughs> and it, it, it involves having to crush through a bunch of layers of ice. It's weird, but it works. The best thing about uh, Cobra Kai is watching uh, Johnny Lawrence try and operate technology. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. He has no clue. He's like your grandpa. He is. He is. <laughs> people have accused me of this in the past, but that man is literally stuck in the 80s. His, his idea of taking a kid... To, um, this isn't spoiling shit. His idea of taking a kid to a concert is taking him to a D. Snyder concert, yes. which he barely <laughs> fills a room. <laughs> I think we talked about this before. The uh, the no more kings. Sweep the leg. There's actually a song called Sweep the Leg. Yes. Uh, where Billy Zabka. Billy, is that right? Billy Zabka. Am I getting that right? Yes. Something Zabka. Yeah. Where is Billy it? Zabka shows up basically as Johnny in a trailer. It was kind of the uh, underlying pitch of the entire series, pretty much. When yeah. It was down yeah. to it. Well, yeah. The music yeah. video has him and yes. uh, Ralph yeah. Macchio in it. So yeah. Proof that's, of concept. Exactly. From here on in, when anybody asks me what the definition of an anti-hero is, it's Johnny. Yeah, he does a really good job in that series. I'm real. I'm. I want to see him in other stuff. I really do. Well, if you think big? about it, he's not really. He's not a bad guy, anyways. Okay, because no. he's more hero. So in the first movie, he's def- the guy's macking on his woman. So he's like, "Hey, bitch, get away from her. Elizabeth Shue's mine." And uh, then he no, gets they separated the... a while ago, and he and he destroyed her equipment, which is not boyfriend material. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what Matt is a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is a big fan of uh, network sitcoms, How I Met Your Mother had an episode where they did like a whole Karate Kid thing, 
And did they? It is absolutely amazing, and it's almost like a like a setup for this thing where it it shows that these two can really act, and 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 Machio and Zabka can really bring it. Watch this episode. Ignore the rest of the series because it's hot <laughs> fucking garbage. But well, yes. this episode, really good. My kids were huge fans of that show, and then they had it on a lot. So I saw pieces of a lot of that, and, and, and the pieces I saw were funny. I just didn't have a desire to watch any sitcom all the way through. But for some Season reason, eight, episode twenty-two. I just looked it up for you. There you go. Okay. You can skip the rest of the series. For some reason, I've seen the episode where they all think that Robin did a porno, and it turns out that the the video they have that she doesn't want them to see is the the uh, years that she was a Canadian pop star. That is also it, a very good episode. There it, are it's a few got a gems in there, man. If you're interested in just getting to the good part of that, you can look up "Let's Go to the Mall Today." Right. Well, it's it's that that and the the stinger on that episode is them going to the Canadian bar. Or is that another episode? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's the same. I don't know. Wow, we just had a little sub podcast there. That was yeah. a little "How You Met Your Mother" action. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, I played a little more pinball this week. By that, I mean a lot more pinball. Uh, and everybody is given as good as they get. No one's taking my shit. It has been a it has been a rough week in the land of pinball scores. Punch Clops about kicked my butt with the Attack on Mars table. But I, I especially want to call out uh, Leon Mint in this one. Because Barry... I absolutely love the Medieval Madness table, and I know you oh. love Medieval Madness. One of the best pinball tables ever made. Hell yes, it is. On the record, that is one that I can say that Barry has beaten my top score on the actual table that I could not beat. And now, Leon Mitt has done the same. Uh-huh. I am the lead on every table in Pinball FX3, except Medieval Madness, where Leon Mitt has laid down a score of over 500 million that has absolutely, I, I just can't even touch it. Wow. Right I, 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 I spent easily a few hours a day, this every day this week, attempting that table. Can't even reach it. So hats off, Leon Mitt. You, 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 have, you have squelched me. I, I'm not done fighting, and I'm still trying to reach it. But damn, I don't know if I can. Finally, if somebody takes down the Earl of Ego. <laughs> nice reference, sir. Go team table well. Dude, Leon Mitt, you got it, man. Keep him keep him working for it. Oh, so uh hats off. Gotcha on every other goddamn table, but that one oh, you've stolen one of my favorite tables away from me. And and I'm thankful that it is that table because even though it's frustrating not being able to hit that score, it's such a fun table that I don't mind keep trying over and over again. I will live vicariously. Two things. I will live vicariously through Leon Mitt, who will crush you in my stead. And two, you got to put these high scores in the Cathedral of Vlarg in Hobbiton. Oh, that's Ooh. right. He is a Team Vlarg guy, isn't he? Jeez. <laughs> that cathedral is mighty. He's going to overboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And also, I've kind of made a pledge uh, to myself. I don't usually do a New Year's resolution. I don't like them. I think they some kind of arbitrary sure. goal for no particular reason. Uh, but I have kind of made a launch for this year of something I, I want to do by the end of the year. Uh, 
my yes eventually but i don't have to yet it's it's still COVID out there no one cares if how i smell in fact it <laughs> keeps people away it works too full okay but i do want to prep my gaming for the end of the year in hopes that the vaccine will have taken its toll on the virus and we can start to go into some kind of new normal where we can get together and game again I'm still finishing up that big army commission that I was hired to do, but I'm getting close to the end of it. I'm down to uh, one tank and three figures, and and then then that's all done. Basically, all I'm hearing is I I got a lot of work to do. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, right. Uh, so <laughs> I no, no, have... you can you can you can fight him with your albino army. Oh, okay. Is not are the figures not white? Do they start out white? Maybe not. Uh, Gray. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> you even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't. Woo! Just listen I, to I, that lead balloon flop. I refuse <laughs> to learn anything about that game. <laughs> Apparently. Well, you might be interested in learning because I'm talking about Blood Bowl in this case. Oh. Uh, so for this year, by the end of this year, I'm hoping to have my own undead army built and painted, which I've already started. I've actually laid the groundwork. The figures are being assembled. They, I, they started two days ago. They are coming together nice. Uh, but I also want to build up Kirsten's orc army and paint it for him. Oh, no. Kirsten, don't say it isn't so. For Blood Bowl. And I also have a Skaven Blood Bowl team, which is the Rat Men, that I also want to have painted up and all set to go for as well for when Andy returns. So oh, he can also shit. play Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Well, you got you got me with Ratman. All right. I had a feeling you'd enjoy that. Oh, so the shit. the Trudeau's brown faces need to get painted here. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> if if I can do three armies, you can do one. And mine mine are little hobbits. Yes. So I got like half a model. That's okay. true. Which is going to break your eyes, but you'll make it work. I've found all my old. Uh, uh, D and D unpainted D and D figures, but these are old D and D figures. These are the big heavy metal ones. The Ralph Partha, a lot of it's Ralph Partha. Oh, I know a guy you can hire to paint those for you. <laughs> I, I I don't think I want them painted. They uh, I don't know what to do with them. They're 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 a lot of weight. I've got Probably many lead. of them. Maybe I, maybe I'll pull them together and uh, take a picture of them at some point. You know, when you get back to doing uh, artwork at and the fairs and so on. You can make it your gimmick that you actually draw things out in miniature. Use the, the lead know. aspect to draw there things out. Sure. There's a little gimmick for you. That'll take care of them Ralph Partha miniatures. Mm. Miniatures are the one thing that, that plague me. Because as a live DM, you know, pre-plague, uh, miniatures are the one thing I never had enough of. I'm really tempted to just pay Todd to paint me a bunch of miniatures for when this thing blows over and then I'm going to start taking commissions again for uh, games. Uh, I I like miniatures. I like playing with them. But God, I, yeah. I, I suck at painting them. And I saw this one Warhammer miniature advertised to me because, you know, Facebook advertises Warhammer miniatures to me as if I play Warhammer. But I hate them for it because I love looking at them. It's the... Uh, Glutus Orskolian. Am I saying that right, Matt? <laughs> Absolutely not. Lord of Gluttony. It's a Slanish model, and it looks amazing! And 
I, I, I want to turn that into a D&D thing so bad. But uh, I, I don't play Warhammer, and I won't. Ugh. Can you, can you, can you like, write up stats for it and use it in your game? I can write up stats for anything. Most of the time, yeah. I'll just lie and make them up as I go. That's right. DMs lie, kids. It's what we what? do. Yeah. Yes, Warhammer hey, miniatures are ridiculously expensive. Ridiculously expensive. Uh, but yep. those limey fucks. But the line of D and D miniatures that are out there that WizKids puts out, and the uh, and of course the Bones miniatures, are actually all pretty freaking cheap. When it comes down to it, you're looking at like five five to six dollars for sometimes a pack of two to three things. Well, the Bones miniatures are just like plasticky ones. I like the little heavier ones with some heft to them. Yeah, get get the uh, the WizKids ones. I I painted some up not that long ago for a Scoop John B. And uh, they don't have as much detail as the Games Workshop ones do, but they are much, much better than the Bones ones. For uh, people who just hire me for one-shots, they don't give a flying fuck. So if I bring anything to the table, they're happy. So Bones are good. Sure. They're the cheapest miniatures out there. And even though they don't have a huge amount of detail, they're still decent miniatures. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Cost effective. I I did kickstart Hero Forge's thing way back when, so I do have a couple of those full color miniatures that I can have them printed and sent to me. I'm curious as to how good a quality they are. Pretty impressive. Really, you had them printed and sent. I to haven't you? had them done, but I've I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen them done. He so Andy doesn't know what the hell he's he doing. Almost okay. has them done. Almost. Okay, I remember that. Almost. <laughs> I have witnessed actual figures printed up and colored by them. They look good. Oh, that's good to know. I actually was just looking at that because I, I we got into the, this discussion about the figures. So I was seeing if you could make a you can make unicorns, and and they don't have a Fucking way to make a unicorn. Ugh. All right, Kirsten, what what did you do this week? I I already uh, put this on the lair, but I discovered that uh, Twilight Zone has a uh, a comedy episode with Buster Keaton in it, which was absolutely just totally stunned me. It was really funny, too, because the person I was I was watching it with was like, oh, I wouldn't watch Twilight Zone if you weren't here. I just can't handle that. And then we turn it on and it turned out to be an episode that was totally handleable. It was a. It was actually really fun. And and Keaton, it I mean, because it starts off as a silent movie with, you know, the the piano playing and the, the title cards and everything. And then Serling steps in and explains what's about to happen. And uh, Keaton gets blasted into uh, the future, 1960 from 1890. And uh, then he the, the story is him trying to get back to 18... Uh, 1890 and he does a lot of his physical stuff um it was it's actually actually pretty funny i was i was very impressed with it and it was interesting to see keaton in his later years when, when did vernon get skittish uh well it wasn't vernon actually what there there was a twilight zone marathon on during new year's eve and uh, oh so and uh, yeah so watch that just before the ball dropped actually can't believe can't believe you're cheating on vernon yeah, well, he came over last night, and we did actually, he brought his Twilight Zone collection with him, so we actually watched um, a bunch more episodes, so, and and man, it I saw a, an episode with Lee Marvin, for fuck's wow. sake, 
that was that was a stunner. I was the and James Coburn. There was the amazing uh, the episodes <laughs> that they had that that got people who later on became feature film uh, leads and actors and Oscar winners and stuff. It was just something else. My dad and I watched Hudson Hawk on New Year's Eve. Oh god! Nice, and, and it is uh, just as dumb as I. We actually watched Three Amigos and Hudson Hawk, and afterwards he goes, "Those are the same movie." I'm like, "What?" But what the hell? What? He was comparing the the uh, the the uh, relative dumbness of both of them. They both are pretty much dumb over the top, but obviously Three Amigos is a much much better movie. Three Amigos is a masterpiece. Hudson Hawk is a nightmare. Oh, come on. <laughs> I will die on that hill. <laughs> well, oh, I watch- it's a fun movie that knows what it is. Exactly yes. what it is. I don't yeah, think I- Hudson Hawk knew. I think it was still hoping. <laughs> well, the audience didn't know and care, that's for sure. Yeah, no, that's that was, true. It was definitely did not find its audience when it came out. And it's, it, it's, it's an odd movie. It's got some... I mean, I love Sandra Bernhardt in it. She's just wonderfully over the top. (laughs) And don't forget the musical sequences, Andy. That's some of the best parts. I'm trying to catch up on Venture Brothers. It's really funny because I'm having a hard time remembering where the hell I left off. I thought I left off on prom. And so I started the, the first episode of the season following that one. And I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I'm recognizing shit, but how much shit am I recognizing? And it's actually really difficult for me to place myself and figure out where the fuck I am. So I'm having a hell of a hard time catching up. I went ahead and took Andy's advice. I looked at Hulu and they actually had a 30 day free trial. So I'm trying ah. to get your brothers watched before the 30 days are up. It's uh, that that's that's been a bit of a struggle, though, because. Half of the time I'm sitting there watching Venture Brothers going, have I seen this before? This looks familiar. That doesn't, but that does. So I don't know where the hell I am. But I'm just trying to, I, I may end up just in re-watching a whole season or two just so I can make sure I've got it. But uh, that's actually been one of the funner parts because I've enjoyed that. That and been playing D&D. So we actually had a, a, a New Year's Day one shot that was actually uh, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, Elena is experimenting with one shot. So we did one where we were 18th level characters a couple weeks ago. And then this one, we were all first level characters. And that's been fun. So what's been more fun? The 18th level characters, or the first level characters? Uh, I don't know that it's mattered as much. Steve Biggs has participated and uh, he garnered a lot of uh, affection for his uh, Cal of Kent 18th level paladin um, that he created for the high level game um, and then turned around and did a uh, I, I, the name didn't strike me as particularly Batman-ish but I think his his ranger in the first level game was kind of Batman-ish so actually both have been fun I think uh, first level is of course a little easier because there's less stuff you have to take care of Steve was funny because he actually hasn't really played 5th edition before and he's playing an 18th level paladin his first time out. (laughs) That was a lot of bookkeeping. So, I don't know. I think the lower levels, you know, this version of D&D is just like the others. 
you had this sweet spot between like seventh and eleventh level. Uh, generally, I don't I don't even know if there's a point to playing D and D past tenth or tenth or eleventh level. When oh, I yeah? run one shots for people who are like for like bachelor parties and just birthday parties and whatnot, I run people like anywhere from third or fourth level because there's just enough uh, levers and dials to mess with to have some fun at your character, but not so much that you don't know what to do and you end up having analysis paralysis and figuring out, okay, do I cast this spell? Do I cast this spell? What do I do? What do I memorize? Right. Blah, blah, blah. It just gets to be too much after a while. I'm playing in a campaign right now. Well, I'm playing in a campaign that meets every, like, two months. But uh, I have so many bells and whistles and things on the character because it's, like, 15th, 16th level that I end up not knowing what the hell to do every turn. And it gets to yeah. be too much. I like the limited characters in the beginning because it's all about story and it's all about... Uh, character and not so much about what you can do by the rules. Mm -hmm. I agree. That that's been my uh, my week in geek. Uh, speaking of D and D, been going through a storage unit, getting rid of things and so on. And uh, I've been in the process of taking old recordings on audio tape and digitizing them so that they stand the test of time and I can get rid of them. I came across one tape that was me running a and d session when I was probably 10 or 11. I must hear this. I no, yeah. it's, 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 it's ungodly to listen to. Uh, it, it, none, of, none of it makes sense. It's a bunch of kids punching monsters and not really knowing how D&D &D works. But. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wasn't this like illicit, illicit uh, behavior? I mean, we, were you foolishly leaving evidence your mom could find yeah really you know what if she had to listen to this she would have said oh never mind there's no problem here there's <laughs> there is nothing incriminating so so these are cassettes you were you were taping with a cassette your your session yeah I, yeah i would take the the a little little portable cassette recorder and i would hit rec i not would i think it's the only time i really ever have it on tape and I was looking for this tape and looking forward to digitizing it, but in listening to it, I was like, man, these kids do not know how to play D&D. &D. Mm. I remember starting D&D &D and not knowing how to play either, and I know we got a lot of it wrong, but we had a lot of fun. Those kids are having fun. There's no doubt about it. So oh. what are you recording it on? How, do you, how are you doing it? There, I have this little uh, handheld Walkman that has a USB out oh. that I can throw into uh, Audacity same stuff that I used to edit this show and and try to get rid of the background noise of the cassette tape and try to clean mm -hmm. it up a little bit. But it's it's really fun when the thing starts to go low on batteries and it starts to slow down a little bit. And then <laughs> digitally I have to speed it up to its normal spot and try to find the sweet spot. It's been a it's been an editing joy. It's been a a fun yes. puzzle. I know they they make like some sort of dedicated machine for this now and I've been pondering getting one. Because I've got boxes of old cassettes, some of which is stuff I could rebuy, but some is like cassettes I bought from street musicians that I'd love to be able to listen to again. Man, you just get one of these little the little little Walkmans. You can get them on Amazon between twenty and thirty bucks. Uh, some some are better than others. Do your research. Pretty easy. Uh, and I, I will say though, try to learn a little Audacity just, uh, just to help you. Oh yes, you do, sir. You most <laughs> yeah. absolutely do. 
I will say this for D&D. I did something else geeky I need to mention very quickly. And not so much geeky as it is charitably passing on the torch. Uh, I have a, I guess like a nephew, um, Deb's nephew, who recently turned 10 years old. And I remember when I was 10, I got the red box. Because I'm ah, yes. old as fuck. Uh, and so I bought him the essentials kit. Mm. And I said, mm-hmm. I just looked this up, what I, what I wrote. I said, on this, your 10th birthday, it is time to give you this magical key to countless worlds, a doorway to a lifetime of adventure. May it spark a raging fire within you as it has for us. Never stop playing. I love it. Everyone should do that for every between 10 and 12 year old that they know. You're absolutely right. Going back to your digitizing, Todd, I, I need to do that with some of my old books on tape that aren't published on any other medium anymore. Because I have like a whole box of books on tape, some of which I never got to listen to. I would love to do those for on a like a road trip or something. Yeah, man, it's a timely venture because it's one to one recording, but it, it's right. a, it's a way of keeping those cassettes forever without having to keep the damn cassettes. Right. So, gentlemen, anything else before we go into news? In that case, let's do some news you don't give a shit about. I really like that, Kirsten. I I don't know how are you doing it or why, but I appreciate it. It's the only way I can handle Andy doing this. So, (laughs) like the the yell or the show? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Put your chips away, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm what saving them, though. They're right here, just in case that barbecue shit starts up again. Nobody bothers to go that when you go on your endless tirades about your D&D sessions. Okay, I see how it is. Oh, it's not barbecue shock. <laughs> there you go. Yet. <laughs> It probably will be on the post credits uh, of this show. (laughs) (laughs) News you don't give a shit about. Roku is in talks to buy Quibi catalog of content, uh, giving its own platform a boost in the form of exclusive offerings for its users. If it goes through, the deal would allow Quibi's existing uh, catalog to be viewed on the free ad-supported Roku channel available on Roku devices. And would give the viewers a chance to watch Quibi shows on a television for the first time. Uh, Short for Quick Bites, the idea behind Quibi was to release a series of segments of 10 minutes or less viewable on your mobile device in both landscape and portrait mode in hopes of feeding a desire for commuters and young viewers to watch shorter form content or something. Uh, The app launched in April was largely ignored mostly because of complaints that it couldn't be viewed on a television. And the app wouldn't allow users to take screenshots and share it on social media, so that didn't help either. Quibi ended operations on December 1st after less than nine months of service. So if you really wanted that Quibi content, you might be able to get it if you own a Roku device. I I think, as we've mentioned before, part of Quibi's death was their desire to have it being something you watch during a commute and then everybody losing their commute. Sure, but I don't even think it would have been all that great if COVID never happened. They might have been forced to 
make it so that you could watch it on a television eventually. But I think that was what really shot him in the arm, that you could only watch it mobile. The, edit, the editing style was a little weird, too, because it was clear that a lot of these were shot as like a single episode and then just chopped up. But every episode was like opening credits, four, three or four minutes of the episode, end credits. And then when you want to start the next one, you had to sit through the credits again. You couldn't just skip through. Or you oh. couldn't have you didn't have an option where you could just say watch the entire hour of whatever the the series was uninterrupted. You literally had to watch it in those five minute segments. I have to assume they're gonna run it together as one episode if it goes to Roku because yeah, if they're smart, they should. Well, they have it. Uh, well, you won't know this, but I mean, it, it, I'm curious if they'll have it uh, tagged as Queeby content. It'll be it'll be Roku original. Yeah, you're probably right. exactly what they'll do. Creepy still stands as our safe word, then we're good for that. All right. Well, because, Andy, in the UK, when you watch uh, Star Trek Discovery on Netflix, it starts out and it says a Netflix original series. Whereas here in the US, it says a CBS All Access original series. So, wow. yeah. Huh. But that's it for the shit news. So let's do some Weekend Geek. Yay! That's really that's Wow. Yeah, that's it. We did all the news you don't give a shit about last week, right? Pretty much. Have Barry on more often. He needs, he seems to scare away the uh, bad shit. That's <laughs> not the only thing he scares away. <laughs> yeah. In a recent New York Times article, uh, DC Films president Walter Hamada talked about their future plans for the DC Universe superhero films. Those plans involve releasing up to four a year in theaters starting in 2022. While they will also release two additional superhero films per year exclusively on HBO Max. Oh, DC- I'm sorry. I think this. I think you meant to put this in news you don't give a shit about. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. That's how far DC has now fallen, people. Uh, no, DC- I never liked DC. Go on. Uh, the DC films that would go to the streaming service would be quote unquote riskier, specifically naming characters like Batgirl and Static Shock. Uh, we don't know if those titles are set in stone for HBO Max. Uh, This would also be in addition to the development of additional DC TV shows. Hamada said, with every movie we're looking at now, we are thinking, what's the potential Max spinoff, unquote? Their their track record kind of sucks. We don't need more of it. Well, they're doing it that way, huh? The spinoff, and they don't care if it goes to streaming, where Marvel is like, we need a billion dollars. So hurry up and everyone get cured so we can fill up these movie theaters. I'm wondering why they keep putting people in charge of the DC films that literally don't know what the fuck they're dealing with. Because uh, Hamada came over from New Line, so he's not dealt with DC Universe films. I'm always curious as to why they've let Berlanti kind of basically do whatever he wants without, with the exception of when there's a possible movie tie-in. They'll tell him, no, don't use this character or don't use this comic storyline. But if they could put him or somebody from the group of producers that Berlanti got together to develop the Arrowverse on the CW and move that into a cinematic universe where you have some kind of a through line, they could have something that would be potentially uh, competing with what Marvel has established. I just don't know why they don't do that. It's really frustrating. And then there's also the problem of the movies that they do put out as blockbusters just generally sucking <clears throat> Wonder Woman 84. Uh, but the previous Wonder Woman was good. Aquaman was pretty decent. 
That yeah. previous Wonder Woman was amazing. It was yeah. really an amazing movie. I really, really enjoyed it. 84 can suck dicks. Birds of Prey was was pretty good. Yes, Birds yeah. of Prey was fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like they're still in some sort of experimental phase where they also get scared and pull it back at the last moment kind of phase. Uh, Right. Well, I mean, the Patty Jenkins story about the ending of the first Wonder Woman film is is the most telling where they wanted Ares to be the studio wanted Ares to be in his armor and be all full powered and everything. And she's like, no, this is the way I want to do it. And they essentially let her go with her storyline up until the 11th hour. And they're just like, we kind of need you to make Ares super powerful again. That's why there was a lot of complaints about how that film finished. It is. It is the weakest part of the movie. And it even when I was in the theater in that last moment hit with the with the big fight against the big bad, I'm like, this doesn't feel like this was originally planned to be here. Yeah. I mean, I like her original idea where it's like just Aries, he looks like he's a human, and he's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do yeah. anything. They did it all. I mean, that's so much more powerful than having him be this big bad that she's got to take down and that was jenkins original idea and they wouldn't let her do it movie bob uh, actually has done a couple of uh, little reviews on wonder woman 84 and the part two that he does where he talks about he gets spoilery he does some very interesting speculation as to what in the hell happened to uh, wonder woman 84 Picking up on hints and details kind of constructs just interesting theory of studio meddling and uh, and changes. And it, it's actually, I would definitely recommend it because he poses some very interesting questions and makes some interesting observations as, as to what in the hell happened. I saw part one. I didn't realize part two was already up. I'm going to have to go watch yeah. that now. Yeah, he threw it up fairly quick. And it it, it really is, Jeff. He, 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 he does a lot of, he takes this and he's like, but this doesn't fit with this. Why would this be here unless maybe somebody was thinking of and, you know, he just and he draws it all out and he creates a, a good picture of of uh, actually Jenkins getting executive, you know, studio interference from hell um, much worse than Wonder Woman one, uh, which is usually the other way around. Right. You know, uh, you yeah. Your, uh, also. Um, he he speculates on the fact that this thing has had two years to lie fallow, and he he thinks in those two years there was a ton of post production turnarounds, step backs, reconsiderations, and so on and so forth. Almost as though to say, if it had been released in 2018, we would have gotten a different movie. Well, that not to sense. mention Warner Brothers has had a lot of studio exec turnover in the last two years. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that plays a part into it, too, because it makes me think that, you know, each one of these new studio execs is trying to put their mark on the film with that much turnover. It's it's not surprising that you would get repeated interference. I, it was really funny because it was kind of serendipitous because uh, I thought we talked about that as well. Uh, last week where he actually made that exact point that there's a lot of a lot of executive meddling is not thinking I know how to make a movie better than you it a a lot of it is they just want to get their mark on it so that they can look at the movie and say yeah this part was my idea this was me and you know have their impression 
whether it helps the movie or not or is important or not. It's very interesting. And yeah, as, well, yeah. A, as a side note, the pitch meeting was really hilarious because, yeah, he touches on a lot of the things we talked about. Yeah, I thought that was so bizarre, too, because he clearly he had to have been working on it for a little while. But it was just amazing how many of the things that we had touched on last week. Suddenly it's in that pitch meeting. It was just yeah. it was it was cracking me up. Not so much just because of the comedy material, which was funny. But the fact mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, my God, we had just talked about that. I'm sure we were not the only ones to realize the shortcomings of Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Ruin this, Todd. Don't ruin this <laughs> i just i don't Sorry, guys, i have nothing to bring to the table dc sucks make mine marvel part of the reason i don't know what a lot of people are talking about when it comes to these films is i have really taken upon myself to not watch a lot of these i hate this movie or i hate this tv show yeah. because because yeah a lot of times it's it's personal perspective a lot of times it's poorly put together and honestly it's like why are you attacking things that other people like you know, it's okay to say, I personally didn't like this and here's why, but I understand other people like it. Instead, it's just these vile attacks on a property that mm-hmm. that many times don't deserve it. I think mm-hmm. you've got to go back to what I was saying with the Harley Quinn. You, you've, at this point, you've got to treat each DC property as its own thing. You can't really count on sure. momentum or anything. To. Yeah, And it also looks like they're leaning on that as well. Uh, they're going into the whole Flashpoint story, but they are making this whole Elseworlds concept the concept for their whole DC universe. They are, to my understanding, they are going to have two concurrent Batmans happening. Wow. Yeah. And also Which the I fact th- that that with uh, I just finished Titans this week, and again, a pretty good show overall. Uh, but Bruce Wayne, especially in that second season, is in a lot of Titans. And I oh. and you and you look in that is like okay this is obviously a Earth seventy two event whereas it has nothing to do with anything in any other DC universe. Mm-hmm. Who's playing Bruce Wayne? He was in uh, uh, Game of Thrones. He was the knight that was uh, Daenerys's side, who was very devoted to Daenerys with the, uh, oh. the stone the stone uh, get the, uh, the stone out. disease. Yeah, he's a great Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne? Yeah, he's good. Wow. Suddenly I'm interested in this uh, series. What's what's Titans Like I said, the show, the show falters when it's trying to tell its main story, but whenever it goes into character stuff, it shines great. Wow. It's on and HBO on Max, HBO. Andy. Yeah, so is Doom Patrol, which I'll probably start catching up on. Oh my God, definitely. Uh, Doom Patrol is really good. Well, I saw They're the connected first series too. Okay, I saw the first episode of Doom Patrol when it first came out, when they were offering it free online, when it was still on DC Direct, and then uh, I didn't have any to watch it until this week, or I didn't know until I saw that it was on HBO Max. Next piece of news: after the collapse of the Arecibo Observatory Telescope earlier this month in Puerto Rico, a plan appears to be emerging for reconstruction. Puerto Rican Governor Wanda Vaquez of Garced has signed an executive order that sets aside $8 million toward the reconstruction of the enormous, enormous single-dish radio telescope. The order That's also all? provides... Uh, it's a start. Uh, the order also provides for removal of debris from the collapse and designates the telescope as a historic site. 
Uh, the observatory's 900-ton platform gave way on December 1st when several support cables snapped, causing the platform to plummet to the dish surface below. In her order, Vasquez Garced said that the $8 million would be used to fund debris disposal for the remnants of the collapsed telescope, as well as the design of a new radio telescope to replace it. That leaves funding to construct an actual replacement, a matter of future budgeting priorities from the NSF, which receives its research allocations from Congress. So the cost of the dish building would be allocated from Congress, but the she is getting the design set up already. That's All a right. good start. Yeah. It had to start somewhere, and I'm glad someone started it, because it could very well have been just something that was uh, just brushed aside. It, That's it broke. what I thought it was. Yeah. It broke and we'll never see anything like it again until way in the future when somebody takes it seriously again. Yeah, not to mention oh. all the financial oh, no. strife that Puerto Rico's going through right now. So there's there's yeah. one of those radio telescopes even bigger in China. So yes, well yes, yes. and and but, I'm sure they're more than happy for us to use it anytime we want. I was gonna say the uh, the hey, China no. one doesn't have the uh, the support of the international scientific community because they can't get access to it. Uh. Yeah. And they're broadcasting in Chinese, and the aliens don't speak Chinese. And the Canadians don't care. <laughs> wow, I'm both, both, both friends. All right. <laughs> Statehood in Puerto Rico. Yes, please. Uh, of course, every week we uh, looks like we lose at least somebody, and this week we lost British actress Barbara Shelley. Uh, she died from COVID nineteen. She was eighty eight. Born Barbara T. Cowan in 1932, she first began her career as a model before going on to acting in Italy in the mid-50s. She went on to work for London-based Hammer Horror, eventually earning herself the title of Queen of Hammer after regularly landing roles in the gothic horror films such as Blood of the Vampire, The Gorgon, Rasputin, The Mad Monk, and Quatermass and the Pit. She also starred in the English horror classic The Village of the Damned. Alongside oh, wow. all, of, all of her film work, Shelley also had a prolific television career, having starred in more than 100 films and TV series such as The Cat Girl, Man in the Dark, and The Man from Uncle. But most notably, she appeared in series of Doctor Who episodes in 1984, in which she played Sarasta in the Planet of Fire storyline. Wow, that's nice. Doctor Who is also available on, uh, on HBO Max. That is the place yeah. to watch it these days. Yeah. And uh, we we got one back too. Yes, we, got, uh, rich, we lost I, one I and got one back. I originally <laughs> had had uh, somebody else on this list, but it turns out that Tanya Roberts uh, did not die on Sunday, and that was a mistake from somewhere along the line. I don't know was, how that happens, but it did. That's rare. Okay, now, now this uh, is the crazy. I know thing how that, that happened. Oh, you you tell it. You probably have better make. Go for it. Like I said, because I just read in Deadline earlier today that uh, it was her agent that that started making the calls and cause the, apparently the husband told the agent that she had actually passed. Like he had had his last quote moments with her in his arms as she passed away. But then the hospital was like, no, she, she's still, she's still alive. She's still on support. But, uh, and I guess the husband had started making phone calls to friends and relatives also stating that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's in the Hollywood Reporter and in a deadline, so probably not the sharpest guy. I mean, and the the weird thing is, he got the phone call that she was alive while he was being interviewed on some other show. Yeah, about, about her death. 
So, yeah, it was one of those that agent was doing his job based on the information he had. Guess maybe next time verify with the hospital first. <laughs> sure, yeah. Talk to some scientists. You would think that the husband would give you proper information. <laughs> yeah, you well, would think. Yeah, he, he, he thought she had died in his arms and he was broken up and walked out of the hospital and, and bumped into the... <laughs> Bumped to the agent and said that, but he still he believed that she was dead for almost twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, gentlemen, do not believe the stories of my demise until you see my taxidermied animatronic corpse. Right, and know that I will be the one that have stuck the animatronics in him, so you can get it from me as well. And yes. painted him. And painted him. Yes, A nice and paint. <laughs> and Deb will not be responsible for his death. In any way whatsoever. No. No. <laughs> He's far too yeah. good to be caught. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sideshow is a collectible company known for creating statues, figures, and more. Uh, Critical Role is known for being a Dungeons & Dragons live play series that has taken the world by storm. Sideshow will be releasing a new collection of fine art and collectible figures for Critical Role fans to collect. Oh my god. Right? There will be items from both campaigns. Anna Van Slee of Sideshow said, quote, As fans and tabletop gamers ourselves, Sideshow is extremely excited to be partnered with Critical Role to bring critters around the globe, new premium quality limited edition collectibles of Vox Machina and the Mighty Nine. Uh, Working closely with the cast to stay faithful to fan-favorite canonical representations of the characters, we are hoping to make these wondrous items as glorious as any goods Sean Gilmore or Pumat Saul would sell to adventurers. (laughs) They have have a talented fan base. I mean, in, in between the break, they run fan art, and the fan art is way better than most uh, D&D type art I've seen before. Yeah, um, Andy always gets depressed when I watch Critical Role because the, that fan art starts rolling and he just like visibly sinks. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who are uh, who are aspiring to be professional artists or who are who are submitting their art there and uh, getting some recognition and getting uh, getting work from it. So and they freaked out. I mean, when the when um, Vox Machina got their Funko Pops. They got hmm. Funko Pops for their their first campaign characters. They were freaking out. They were they were visibly just like not believing. We got we got Funkos. Ah! So it's it's been quite the phenomenon. And Andy, you're far too hard on yourself as far as your artistic talent. You just need to believe in yourself some more. Well, I, I appreciate that, but I am sitting here stuck in the house with my <laughs> high school and college art, so it, it doesn't help my uh, my ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's understandable. Ouch! Ouch. <laughs> Actually, I took pictures. I took pictures of all the paintings that are down in the cellar. Maybe I'll post those on the layer. I don't. I don't think I want to post those on my regular page because I don't want <laughs> any prospective people thinking I'm that bad. But maybe I'll post it on the on the uh, layer to amuse the fans. Well, post a progression. Show like some of your early stuff up to your modern stuff, and people can see how you've evolved since then. I, I'd love to. All my modern stuff is in Las Vegas, and I forgot to bring the discs with me. So you don't have anything on your laptop that you have there now? The the best of my stuff, the, the peak of when I was able to draw a lot was uh, when I was working at the Mercury, and I got to do a lot of covers. So I, I need to get that artwork. There you or go. You draw something new. Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility, hopefully, eventually. 
Well, he's got a couple of caricatures for friends and a gaming table to make before he gets right, there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're never getting that gaming table, Kay. I, I hope you realize that. Don't need it now. Right. A virtual gaming table for the COVID times. Yeah, really. Well, you know what? When, when you've reached Sideshow Collectible level, you have truly made it. I mean, they'll, yeah, make a Funko, yeah. they'll make a Funko Pop out of anything and everything. Oh, I mean, I, wow. I have Funko Pops based on the movie version of The Dark Tower. They'll make it of anything. <laughs> Where are the Geek Shock Funko Pops? Right. That, that will happen. But if you get Sideshow, then, then you've made it, Ben. You have yeah. truly, truly made it. Like an Atari style collapse with the Funko because of all the licensing they do? <laughs> no, in fact, their over licensing is probably what's going to save them forever. Yeah, I, I weirdly thought that Funko had gone out of business or something or had gone bankrupt. I thought I'd heard that somewhere. Apparently, Andy, their profit margin on those is pretty good. So it's not uh-huh. like they're in danger of going bankrupt anytime soon, even Dude. with the licensing fee increases. And- how soon before they go Beanie Baby or, or, or Orchid on that? You know, I mean, not Orchid, Tulip on that. I mean, it's... Well, it's dude, the, the, no, no, Andy, because part of the Beanie Baby thing and everything was all that rarity nonsense. Funko doesn't quite go that far. I mean, they'll release series and stuff like that, but they keep the licenses rolling. And you're a damn fool, and I, I'm not saying you, but... In a business, you're a damn fool if you price yourself out of getting licensed to Funko because it can only help your brand and only help your image to have yeah. a Funko pop out there. And I think that's part of the reason why they've got legs. I mean, everything dies, so they will go Tulip at some point probably, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. Dude, I have a Funko pop of Ted the Geek from 16 Candles. they got go. it all. Yeah, and that's smart. I mean, how many times have we had so many cool things that are like Marvel exclusive or DC exclusive or something like that? And it's like, you know, Funko is like, let's know there are no exclusives. Everybody comes in. And that's that's the beauty of it. You can put your DC and Marvel shit up together and it totally fits with each other. And it, it's it's just it's just incredibly well done. They do the retail exclusives, which is fucking dumb. I hate that. Well, like, Target a, only, Walmart yeah. only. It's like I'm not, I'm not gonna go into Walmart. Fuck that place. No, it was, it was the Walgreens only that killed you because that was the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, was the Juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> Fuck Walgreens, CVS all the way. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn Juggernaut. Oh god. They should make. A Vinnie Jones juggernaut. I'd still buy that. Would you buy it if it was at Walmart? No. (laughs) (laughs) Walmart exclusive. Well, Walgreens exclusive. Vinnie Jones juggernaut. And just sit. have Matt sitting there pissed as hell. You know it's Matt's car because it has that dark cloud just over it. Just his his anger (laughs) peanut style just... Just hovering oh, above him. What was that? Oh, what was that character? That was a character from uh, Little Abner. Yeah, I'll look it up. Wow, really? <laughs> this is such really? a little Andy reference. Wow, you definitely went Little Abner on us, huh? That's I, that's I did, crazy. I did because that there's specifically a character in Little Abner that has a cloud over him. Keep well, going. hey, Matt. At least he didn't go uh, Schlep Rock or Eeyore. <laughs> what was that toy we used to play with as kids? Oh, right. It was called Stick. We got it from Tree. 
Uh, next up, following the success of the recent <laughs> Halloween reboot, uh, David Gordon Green is in talks to direct a direct sequel to 1973's The Exorcist from Blumhouse and Morgan Creek Productions. Green's reboot of Halloween revived a stagnant IP and brought in over $250 million at the global box office in 2018, prompting Universal and Blumhouse to greenlight two sequels. Uh, based on the novel by William Peter Blatty and directed by William Fridkin, The Exorcist was a watershed moment for the cinematic horror genre. The story of a young girl possessed by a demon shocked audiences all over the world and sparked famous legends about strange happenings on the film's set. While rather tame by today's filmmaking standards, the 73 original is a cultural touchstone that led to numerous sequels, prequels, a TV show on Fox, and a host of imitators. Uh, but now under Blumhouse, they are going to do the uh, Halloween thing and say, none of the other stuff happened. Here is a direct sequel. Wow. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing a Blumhouse version of uh, Exorcist. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. And, that, and that's just it. It's not They're not rebooting it. Yeah. They're, they're just telling the... Well, like Halloween, that's the new Halloween ignores two through eight and says, oh, only the first one mattered. Here's the sequel to that one. 38 years ago. It still it still has quite the, enough of a following that this can make the money. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, it is I quite guess. the cult classic, too. That doesn't mean anything. It does when you're a studio head. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make a few bucks. Yeah, but boh. Uh, the the, the story doesn't resonate. <laughs> like if you put if you made The Exorcist today, you know, if it didn't exist before, and you made that same story today, it would be boring as hell. That, that, Tell me, I'm wrong. they they have they how, how many exorcists do we get a year oh, under different names? Are they DC properties? Yeah. Uh, 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 okay. So I've found the character, and uh, I can't Jesus Christ. The- I can't pronounce Wrong. his name. Yeah, it's it's Joe. It's spelled B T F S P L K. How do you pronounce that, Kay? <laughs> What's with yeah. the Slavic discrimination? You get a bunch of consonants, you turn to the Slav. Yes. Well, you've taught us how to pronounce several other uh, <laughs> Polish names. I just figured maybe you would have some kind of an inkling as to how to pronounce that one. Give us your Polish insight. Um, I think it's pronounced "kiss my hairy ass" <laughs> with, with with sauce, chocolate sauce. Come on, you gotta say it right in the words of cook. It's a mole sauce. Jesus, man! <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I found a I found a site that claims that it's pronounced Rutsky. Are you still going down this hole? That's what she said. <laughs> Have you met Andy Todd? <laughs> All right, gentlemen, guess what time it is? It's been a while, but we got God. some stuff to go through here. I got some pitches for you. It's time for Red Light, Green Light. Red Light, Red light green, light. green Light. Such a fun game to play. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. They're going to make this shit anyway. Woo! Ugh! 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 Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a toughie. Because here's the thing. Our budget, it's strapped. We aren't making the money we used to. 
so we don't have as much green lights to go around. So here I've got four pitches, all right? But each one of you only gets one green light. And I understand <laughs> I understand what? that one of these pitches is by another studio trying to mess with us. So if we green light that, it's something that doesn't even exist, and we don't even have rights to it because they wrote it. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, mm. gentlemen, the four shows that you have access to green light this time is a show called Transtemporal, a show called Mimic, Sorcerers, and a reboot of Fantasy Island. My one green light will not be a problem. With titles like that, I'm walking out the door, taking my briefcase with me. All right, gentlemen, here is the first pitch. Universal Television is developing a sci-fi horror show for streaming service Peacock called Peacock. It ain't gonna happen. So, so here's your master plan. Let's fuck over Netflix. We're gonna take The Office and launch our p- streaming service. Good job. Fucking. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. What do you got? <laughs> Can you start Oof. over? Uh, Matt got yeah. so loud I couldn't really hear what yeah. was going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, Universal Television is developing a sci-fi horror show for Peacock called Transtemporal. Robert Singer from Supernatural is producing for Complete Fiction. That's Edgar Wright's production company. Here's the description. The classic universal monsters, that's like Wolfman, Mummy, Dracula, Dracula and all, have become too powerful and wreak havoc upon the world. Jocelyn Winter and her team is tasked with traveling through time to find and prevent the monsters from reaching their destructive potential. Uh, Mark Goffman from Sleepy Hollow and Bull will be writing and acting as showrunner for the series. No word yet if Wright will direct. So that is Transtemporal. Problem with huh. that movie. Go back and prevent one. That's time travel. You're going to affect the rest of them. Uh... And what happened to Van Helsing? He didn't get anybody, huh? No? Okay. Yeah. I got a feeling Van Helsing, since they're using Universal, will probably figure into this some way, somehow. Red light. Red light. Yeah, do, do we right. do that now? Do we do that now? We don't we actually know we don't do the green light red light no, until we, later, we don't, right? But I think Matt and I are agreed on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's see how it compares to the others. Uh, next one up is Mimic. Mimic is getting a television series reboot. The pilot for Miramax Television's reboot of the 1997 sci-fi horror film will be directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who will also executive produce the show. Uh, Jim Danger Gray, who was part of Hannibal, will also serve as executive producer, while also writing the adaptation and acting what? Can you say his name again, please? Jim Danger Gray. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Please continue. <laughs> yes, yes, his middle name is Danger. Yes, yes, yes. you did hear that correctly. Danger's uh, more middle name. So he will also be writing the adaptation and acting as showrunner on the series. Based on a Donald A. Wolheim short story of the same name, Mimic focuses on genetically engineered insects who have since evolved and developed the ability to mimic their human prey and the humans who are trying to prevent them from completely taking over. The 1997 film was co-written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Anderson and Bolt's previous projects include the 
Resident Evil franchise, as well as the horror films Event Horizon and Death Race. That is your pitch for Mimic. Okay. Next is there up, any big studios involved in that? Uh, it's a pilot for a Miramax Television. Miramax Television. So there's no... no we don't know where it's going to land. Right. Uh, the, with a lot of these, we don't know where they're going to land. Sometimes they're developed for specific channels, but sometimes they're being developed and made in order to uh, sell to a streaming service or channel later down the line. I look at these like I look at Netflix and Hulu and whatnot when I'm surfing, which is a lot, looking for new things to watch. And I think sci-fi, okay, you know, I'll always give sci-fi a chance, but would I give this a chance? Depends on what network. If it's Netflix, I might give this a shot. If it's Quibi, I will never see it. It's not Quibi. <laughs> I don't think Quibi is a worry at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean. Anyway, please continue. Next pitch is AMC is acquiring the adaptation rights to Sorcerers, an illustrated novella crafted by co-writers Maurice Broadus, who did Knights of Brenton Court and Buffalo Soldier, and Otis Whitaker, and showcasing illustrations by Jim Mafood, who did artwork on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Sorcerers is a psychedelic urban fantasy revolving around a 30-year-old Harlem man named Malik Hutchins, who realizes his destiny and transforms into a hip-hop-inspired sorcerer. On his deathbed, Malik's grandfather, Pop-Pop, tells Malik that he's a true sorcerer, and he must, sorry, Pop Pop got me. Tells Malik that he's a true sorcerer <laughs> and he, he must rise up and take his place as wielder and guardian of an ancient magic passed down through countless generations. Malik is tossed headfirst into a quest that winds through the mysterious beneath the streets of Harlem to the deep south and destinations further beyond, places that he's only visited in dreams. So that is Sorcerers. What is a hip-hop sorcerer? Uh, I think, uh, leave that to your imagination. Maybe well, there may songs. Well, I'd say maybe the incantation is probably in rhyme. Oh, and improvised. Oh. That's the case. I feel like they're going to they're be the bad guys in cop rock. <laughs> wow. Nice pull, nice pull, sir. That was a, <laughs> that was a deep dig right there. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know which way I'm leaning on this one. Please, please proceed. And the final one is a reboot of 1970s Fantasy Island TV show. It's moving quickly. Fox will revive the fantasy series with its anthology format with straight-to-series order for a limited run in the summer of 2021. The original Gene Levitt-created series first ran from 1977 to 1984 at ABC. Next year's Fantasy Island comes from writer-producers Liz Craft and Sarah Fain. Uh, they did uh, the show The 100 in partnership with Sony Pictures TV, which currently holds the rights to the franchise. The new series will explore, quote, the what-if questions that keep us awake at night, according to the report, weaving emotional, provocative stories about people who walk in with a desire but end up reborn to themselves through the magical realism of Fantasy Island, unquote. Uh, Fantasy Island last appeared on the small screen as an ABC reboot starring Malcolm McDowell in 1998 and fell silent until the standalone horror-laced theatrical adaptation from Blumhouse. Fox hasn't offered a firm premiere date, but the series is slated to arrive sometime in summer of 2021. 
So, gentlemen, those are your pitches. You've got Transtemporal, Mimic, Sorcerers, and Fantasy Island. What do you give your glorious green light to? I will start with our most contentious, Matt. Where do you lay your green light? I have to give a green light, right? You you don't have to. You can just say, I I want none of this. I'll give it to Fantasy Island. You're giving it Fantasy why? Island's the one that does. Yeah, why, why is that the one that beats out the rest? It was the last one given to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt, no, no one has a thought process like yours, buddy. You greenlit a multi-million dollar film and TV thing for the same reason that Harry Anderson got made a judge on Night Court because he was the only <laughs> one home on a Sunday. Yeah, he's the <laughs> only one that answered the phone. <laughs> That's right, I'm old, but still. You're not you're not what a Labner old. No, that's true. You're crusty. <laughs> All right, let's go to Mr. Krusty. Mr. Andrew Taylor, what do you green light? Uh, I, I, they're all kind of weak this time, but I, I think the sorcerer one is the one I'm most interested in. Part of it because the Jim I like Jim Bafood. I I'm pretty sure I, I could be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure my brother might have been the first, but it's certainly I think he was one of the first people to publish Jim Bafood. Oh wow. He had a uh, anthology comic for a couple of years called Don't Shoot It's Only Comics. And I think Jim Mafood appeared in one of those issues. The story sounds more interesting to me. So that's Andy's green light. Uh, our guest, Barry, what, uh, Dr. Vlog, what do you think should get the green light? All of these pitches make me sad for the state of televised fiction, regardless of whether or not they are real. However... The one that, you know, gunned my head, I must put a green light to one, would be transtemporal. Because I am interested in the universal monsters as much as I was interested in the monster squad. I liked the idea of them rebooting the universal monsters. Unfortunately, that Tom Cruise film didn't do it very much justice. And I'm 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 so curious as to how it would have been done well. So just raw curiosity gives the green and light to transtemporal. And you think this is the done well version? I, this is the version <laughs> that will at least make its money back. Well, I do like uh, Barry describing it as a time traveling monster squad. I, I do like that uh, kind That's... of log line to it. How about this? Let me let me tell you this way. Because remember, this is gun to my head. Got to put one in the under the green light. Fantasy Island, suck a dick. Mimic, never heard of it before. Insects that evolve. I hate insects. I don't like that guy's middle name. And do you really got to de- reboot a nineteen ninety seven film already? No, sorry. Uh-uh. You, you don't Sorcerer. like the name Dell? No danger. Uh, sorcerer, oh, okay. <laughs> psychedelic Harlem man who turns into a hip hop sorcerer. Is this like Blackula? What is this? No. No. Just just fucking no. In so many ways, no. Move on with life. And that's what I think. That's what's going on in Texas, kids. All right. A green light for Transtemporal. Uh, 80s Jeff, uh, where do you give your precious green light? I'm also a green for Transtemporal because, um, well, you know how I feel about time travel. That's right. Things. I, I always time travel and... Least- a piece of shit movie and you're like here's 500 million and i'm always willing to at least give it a shot matt before i make a snap judgment um but um this does combine two of my favorite things universal monsters and time travel so 
I'm I'm interested to at least see how it evolves, how it how it gets presented. So I'm at least given a willing to give it a shot. So how that's do you feel about the peacock angle? The, being on Peacock doesn't bother me. I mean, it's free with my cable subscription. I've watched a few things on it, some better than others, some worse than others. So I, I, it's, it's simply, at this point, another outlet for presenting material. Do you think this is something that could drive people to Peacock? I don't know that there's anything on it right now that is going to drive people to Peacock. I know yes, that there is. What the Saved by the Bell reboot? <laughs> no, the the crazy people in their office, the office, like it's got a huge following. They follow that, that everywhere. True. That is true, are but they, there's they... also a lot of things that are on Peacock that are already popular, like all the Harry Potter, uh, uh, all the Harry Potter films are on Peacock right now. It just depends if you're looking for something new. There's not a lot in there right now, but their list is growing, and now that we're starting to get some production back i think during this year you'll see more things on peacock so i'm at least willing to give it a shot all right so that's uh, two greens for transtemporal uh, how about you Kay? you got a precious green to give away i guess that's the answer that's our answer are you right serious there. are you serious he was way driven us again oh i'm sorry did i forget to mute <laughs> Drebin. Okay, going down the line, Transtemporal actually uh, killed itself, or as Steve Biggs would correct me, Transtemporal, would uh, killed itself in its own pitch for me. Because like Barry, I love, the, I love the Universal Monsters. I want a franchise with them that will succeed. And uh, even with uh, Jeff, you know, time travel, fun. But to be perfectly honest, that opening line... The Universal Monsters have wrecked havoc in the world today. That's what I want to watch. As soon ah. as they were like, we have to go back in time. and I'm like, you know what? No, I want to see them wrecking havoc on the world today. What does that mean? Feel, what does that I, look like? Wouldn't you have to have both, though? You'd have to establish that world to know what to fix. Yeah, I think you would see it before they would oh, go back sure. to fix it. Sure, but then eventually sure. they would go back in time, and I'm just like, yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I, I I would just I just want to see a series on the on the on the world today. I I, I would tell you, it kind of sounds to me like a 21st century version of the the TV show Seven Days, if anybody remembers that, where you know something catastrophic happens and they can go back in time, but only a certain number of days or perhaps years in this case. To, to correct what went wrong. Maybe, but I'm not, I didn't hear that in the pitch. I mean, uh, yeah. let's put it this way. I like your pitch better right there, Jeff. Yeah, so, Jeff's already uh, working, working the project a bit. Uh, so it's uh, red on transtemporal. The uh, mimic one, I have heard it. I watched it. I've seen the movie. Um, I don't really see uh, if if Del Toro was maybe involved or something, you know, that's a name that'll always get a green. But so I'm red like there. Fantasy Island, I think, could actually be very fascinating if they actually took an approach to magic realism and and actually dealt with some real issues as opposed to being light and fluffy like the old TV series sort of was. But I'm going to give that a red indifference to sorcerers because. Maurice Broadus actually 
is one of the voices in uh, a lot of science fiction and fantasy who's speaking up about more black-oriented or non-white-oriented cultural voices and uh, creators in the genre. And it's not going to be any kind of a blackula. This is not a bunch of white guys sitting in a room spitballing hip-hop magic and stuff like that. These are, these are all uh, non-white creators who are going to create something I think that actually will be very inventive and rather uh, interesting. And so of the four, Sorcerers is the one that definitely caught my interest. So that's the green light. So you're seeing it having more of the tones to say Lovecraft Country versus exactly. It's it's you know it's not going to. I don't know if it'll if it'll get deep into the racial education like Lovecraft Country or Watchmen, but it's definitely it's not going to be a it's not going to be a, a Blackula or anything like that. It's gonna it'll I think and you know what when you talk spells incantations rap hip hop that's that's actually kind of where it's at. And uh, especially if uh, they go along the uh, the whole improvisation route, where you know you have to you have to spin your shit Johnny on the spot. That there, I think there's actually a load of potential there. And like I said, this is not a bunch of white guys in the room dealing with something they don't truly understand. So I think I think the the, the it's rife with possibility. This is how it lays out. There's two green lights for transtemporal, two green lights for sorcerers. And one uh, green light because he felt he had to for Fantasy Island. So we have a tie between uh, Sorcerers and uh, Transtemporal. Wow. How do we break the tie in this uh, new uh, new uh, paradigm? I think, the, I think the only way to break a tie is to say, well, which one is a fake one and which one is real? Ooh. Because one of those is fake. I think it's Transtemporal is fake. I also, even though I voted for it, think Transtemporal is fake because the sorcerer, a hip hop sorcerer, sounds like such a bad idea. It would be perfect for the CW. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go into AMC, but okay. <laughs> That's right. So, yes, indeed, it is Transtemporal. That was ah! by Timothy Knoll. Thank you, Timothy, for sending us your pitches, bitches. It looks like it actually got some green lights and some good ones yeah. at that. Uh, again, the monkeys are are sending some pitches that are pretty darn good. Yeah, I just well, for at least well thought see, out. Man. Now I feel bad for saying terrible things about it because it's one of the monkeys, but still. <laughs> yeah, you know, you gotta watch risk. yourself, Andy. And and no, don't, don't get me wrong, they're, they're sending us all sorts of pitches, ones that may, will make great shows and ones that will make terrible shows, and uh, they're they're just trying to do what they can to uh, make it sound like a pitch that we would receive. From uh, actual things. And of course, that means that, yes, Mimic, Sorcerers, and Fantasy Island are being worked on, and with Fantasy Island expected to show up this summer. I can't wait to not see that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I green light it, same. <laughs> so thank you, Timothy Knoll, for sending in that Pitches Bitches. And if you want to send your Pitches Bitches to be in red light, green light, you can send it to comments at uglycouchshow.com. I like this new format, guys. It's a. Uh, it adds a wrench. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we sign this off, guys? There's this guy that used to log on to Minecraft but doesn't anymore, and he really sucks, and everyone hates him. <laughs> I don't know who I could be talking about, but... Uh, uh, sounds like an asshole. He mm. complete asshole, yes. Does not deserve the Christmas gift that's under the Christmas tree. <laughs> Aww. <clears throat> 
Does that mean it's going to be rescinded? No, it's going to sit there until it rots away. It is wrapped in black and brown paper. Is it edible? Uh, No. It's Minecraft. It's all makeup. Bullshit. Listen, Andy, anything is edible if you're brave enough. Kind of like anything is a dildo if you're brave enough. (laughs) I don't want to know how you know that, Matt. (laughs) Canada has spoken. (laughs) (laughs) And I... I also want to throw out a special thank you to the Shock Monkeys. Uh, the Shock Monkeys, some of them got together, and they have adopted a river otter through the World Wildlife Fund in, oh. in my name. So oh. I, I have a, I have an adopted uh, river otter out there, and well, I think that's the sweetest thing. So thank you, Monkeys. You, you just absolutely made my heart grow two sizes that day. Uh, <laughs> otter. Is it That's called Cotter? Uh, and if not, it should be. And I will uh, definitely be filibustering until it is. Mm. I wonder what wood you would barbecue otter under. God, <laughs> post oak. And Andy, no, no, I do per- want to give you a quick update. Uh, I'm still watching Clone Wars. I've started the third season, and by the end of the second season, it starts to get pretty darn good. Yes. All right. Good. And, and and covering some some interesting moral quandaries, the one I would not expect from a quote unquote kids show. At this point, they figured out that maybe we're more than a kids show. All right, it grows on you, man. It gets really good by the end. You're gonna be like, wow, this is not a kids show. This is awesome. How many how many seasons? I believe there are six plus the uh, finale season that was made for Disney Plus, and the yeah. movie, the ending movies. Okay. Not so there's plenty well, more to go. Much less than a third of it's not that great. Yes. Uh, okay. But do be aware they are television seasons. So you, they are like 22 episodes per season. Oh, wow. Uh, they're, okay. they're half hours episodes, but that first season has Buffy syndrome, and it's, it's a little rough to get through. Mm. Hey, so does Next Gen. And Deb and I sat through them all, man. And... Sure. We're happier for it because then we appreciated Rebels and we appreciated Mandalorian and it's it's good stuff. All right. Yeah, it's it's tasty, tasty business and it is it is actually making me appreciate the prequels a bit more, which is kind of weird. Yeah, oh, that is <laughs> that is weird, but it's truth. It, it's it's what's happening with it. But you got something to say to us, write to us, comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Uh, we have received some emails. Uh, we just didn't have time to get to them today, but we will be getting to them very soon. Uh, Cthulhu Collector, we've got yours. Uh, Mohan Nair, we got yours. But until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. Say that again, please. Maple Leaf Matt. For nope. some reason, I- this last part, you just completely disappear, Matt. <laughs> Your voice just goes to nothing. The funny thing is, we we heard you fine through all that. We just wanted to hear you yell. Fuck you. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I won't. Fuck this. Wait, Barry didn't sign off. (laughs) I know. Oh, all right. I'm I'm here. I'm just kind of here in the background. I've just been quiet for the last year. Quietly You've playing dealing, Minecraft. Dealing like the rest of us have, man. It's yeah. a it's a, it's a, rough world out there right now. Oh, Indeed. I know. I want to get out of this house. And so I really want to... Danger Gray is a real name? Yes. Yes, it is. And a, a real guy working on a real thing. 
has it, has everybody else here watched all of Harley or is it? Yeah, love it, love every yeah. bit of it. Because I like Good. fell on the floor when I fell on the floor when I got to the baby man sequence. <laughs> before before I ever saw any Harley Quinn, uh, that was posted up to like YouTube, just that sequence alone, and that's what got me to want to watch that show. Yeah. Oh man, that was great. Release the Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shirt is amazing. Oh man. Yeah. Wait, that All wasn't right, guys. That wasn't where Baby Man came from? No. No. Oh. I, I thought it was. Wow, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, we came up with that well before Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, Real Man Babies did that, did that prior. <laughs> That's right. Actually, it's John Bean Hastings' goddamn fault. That's true. Fuck that guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take a potty break. I took one while you guys were talking barbecue. <laughs> get yourself a barbecue, man. I'm planning to get one for the backyard. I'm just trying to figure out which... What I think I'm going to go with the electric because the... Um, Dude! The, pro, the propane ones add no! flavor to the wood. No! Bad Jeff! What do you want? <laughs> charcoal? Should I get what? charcoal? Wait, wait, wait. What did you just say? You heathen? You, you go... The propane adds... To the wood? The propane, what? The propane, propane fire adds flavor to the wood. It adds the uh, the hydrocarbons to the wood. I don't know what to it, do. You don't get man. a clean burn. I, I, that's it. I'm done. Yeah, so am I. Fuck this podcast. Me too. I'm out. <laughs> I'm Fuck surprised Barry doesn't know that. He He's trying to be a, a, a barbecue purist. Mother, wait for it. And I can't stress this enough. I cannot stress this enough. Fucker. Get yourself an offset smoker. Get yourself, just go to like a fucking Home Depot or whatever and get yourself an Oklahoma Joe's offset Highland smoker. And then there's stuff you can do to the outside to seal in the smoke and you can get another uh, temperature gauge. You can get all kinds of little aftermarket stuff like I got. And you will roll some amazing smoke. And it doesn't matter. What are you you, uh, heating it with? Charcoal? No, dude. Well, I start with charcoal, and then you put wood on it, and I got yeah. you know, a place down the street, and you can get some good post oak or or you know hickory or mesquite, depending on what you're cooking. Applewood and cherry wood's a good mix. Uh, I've Apple been and cherry wood is good depending in the past. on the cooking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I can't. I'm in Texas. You're gonna have a lot of post oak, and I have a whole. I, I went to a place called the Woodshed, where a guy who doesn't speak English sold me a bunch of post oak that I gotta cut myself. That's Texas. What do you want? And so I got a whole bunch of post oak that I gotta chop now, which means I gotta buy an axe. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, Actually, grind it. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. It's it, it's well, good. I just I can't afford to buy a brand new one right now. However, I did notice on uh like OfferUp and uh, like Amazon or not Amazon, uh Facebook Marketplace, a lot of people are selling their six hundred, seven hundred dollar smokers for like fifty bucks because they don't know what to do with them. I'm like, dude, I can clean okay. that up and take that. <laughs> if you can do that, then great. Otherwise, you can get a brand new Oklahoma Joe Highland for like three hundred bucks. Put pump like a hundred and hundred fifty bucks into aftermarket shit for it, and you'll be good. Cool. Smokers are way it, too much work. It nah. does take a lot of work 
If you want to go the route of pellet smokers, eh, fine. I don't I like pellet smokers. I'm going to go the route of going and calling Grubhub. Oh, by the way, Todd, I did eat at that uh, L2 Texas barbecue that's in Memphis's old locale. Uh, what last you bought? Night. Uh, it's it's pretty good actually. Um, Yay! They don't have a, like a huge selection of side dishes, but uh, I got um, I got a little bit of everything to just try it out, and uh, it's all pretty good. I mean, it's not like the best barbecue I've ever had in this city, but it's pretty. It's it's way better than some of the places I've tried around town. Wonderful! So, I'm glad I'm glad to hear some some positivity out of that place. Yeah, Question, I mean, Jeff, what is your favorite barbecue place here in town? Because I'll give you mine. I got two. Well, I mean, Roland Smoke's probably my go-to as far as, uh, <laughs> depending on, the, I mean, the the beef ribs, I can't find a beef rib in town better than what Rolling Smoke does. Lucille's, um, Lucille's beef, is good. Lucille's are always so chewy and stringy. Uh, it's, that's oh, not so the kind good. of beef rib I like. No, that's, Lucille's. Give it to me. <sighs> Lucille's is not it. bad. Lucille's is not bad for a chain. Chew that jerky of a Beef rib, give it to me now. It's so good. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place that's over on Valley View. It's like it's like back behind. Um, it's uh, on the other side of the 15 from uh, Mandalay Bay. They have pretty good barbecue. Uh, in fact, I took Todd there one time. He he liked it a lot. Um, they're it really good. good. Um, it was good. Uh, I'd I'd have to put a list together because I forget sometimes, oh, and then I'll I'll randomly think about it one day and go, Oh yeah, I haven't had barbecue from that place in a while. You called the Thunder Mat, and now you've got it. Uh, Sin City Smokers isn't too bad as far as, like, if you want a quick takeout-style barbecue. That's that's right up there by um, Sunset and um, Green Valley Parkway, so not far from where you used to live there, Matt. But um, Yeah, it's pretty close to you, man. Yeah, there's just, there's just the ones coming barbecue. up. <laughs> uh, what about Tuckies, though? Tuckies. Tuckies isn't bad. Tuckies is okay. Oh, Tuckies. Yeah, they're right. Kirsten, oh, uh, you enjoying this talk? There is a I, Texas I uh, nap. <laughs> there is a Texas style barbecue that's off of St. Rose Parkway and Eastern. Um, like it's children t- talking about Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> now, Barry, you'd probably like this place. It's very Texas style barbecue. Got to smoke them all. You're right. I, I'll bet it's better than anything that Barry has around him. <laughs> well, I meant if when he's out here visiting, not like you know, what he no. should eat normally. It's, it's it's like having someone visit from Mexico saying, you should come down down to uh, Chi-Chi's, and we got some good Mexican here for you. Todd, <laughs> uh, you forget, I have been to Texas, and I have had Texas barbecue in Texas before. Uh, no, I haven't forgotten. You haven't let me forget. I have become four pinkies up snobby about barbecue that I have lived in Texas now. I got to so, take you to Kansas City sometime for some authentic what? Kansas City barbecue, Barry. You will lose your shit. <laughs> Nothing good comes out of Kansas City. I don't know. Super Bowl champions. Um... Oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it, in one sentence, I just I just debunked your your statement there. I will I will try any kind of barbecue you put in front of me, you know, and I will judge it on its merits alone, not where it's from or or whatnot. I will I will I will be the guy who goes up to the pit master and says, hey. Tell me how you're smoking this. What kind of wood do you use? How long do you do it? What kind of rub do you use? Is it wet? Is it dry? Blah 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 blah. I'll be the guy that kind of annoys him, but the good barber, the pit masters, will be eager for this conversation. I've become that guy. 
No, they won't. Out. They're just they're no. just trying to be nice to you. Meanwhile, even though like, bro, sit down and eat my fucking beef rib. Here, I got a beef Dude, rib for you. Zip. Shut the fuck up. They don't have any goddamn poutine in barbecue places, so <laughs> no one cares what you think. I'll have to take you to Arthur Bryant's and Casey Whoa. sometime. Who's <laughs> eating chips? Who's eating chips? What was going on just now was me eating potato chips while you continued to talk about barbecue. No, it's not my that's fault. Why, you don't like barbecue, okay? Jeez. It's uh, Matt. Actually, you know what? You just need to kiss my ass because it's <laughs> you talking about barbecue. <laughs> I don't on, like. Is it barbecued? What what style of barbecue is your ass? It's uh, it's called hairy shit. <laughs> what kind of sauce? <laughs> oh, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Oh, sure? oh. call it I just, sauce. I've lived with them. You don't want any of that sauce anywhere near you. Here it is. Yours. Yeah. One. One. You hit Ooh, yourself. You hit yourself. A two. You go like this. You go. Yeah. <laughs> hit yourself in the back. Three damage. <laughs> All right, you're next. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Seven, eight damage. I'm knocked out. Should heal you. I'm one. negative one. You're negative one. <laughs> well, you guys better take care of this guy now. Okay, I'll Since heal. Since he seems you're so hurt, the guy goes to you and tries to kill you. Take me out. I'm gonna heal him. I'm gonna heal him. Oh, he split himself again. Why don't want to use all my super healing? No, Eric, just kill the turn. guy. Just kill the guy. Dig me out, Eric. Your turn. Okay. I'm gonna dig you out. <laughs> I'll shoot you. Nineteen. He's dead. Yeah. Eric yeah. killed two of them. Rodney killed one. You killed one. I didn't. You kill get eight hundred experience points. Rodney, you get two hundred experience points. You get three hundred experience points. And Eric, add to that. Four. Yeah, 400 experience points all together. Gosh, how do we get so many experience points? Okay, I'm, I'm right for the next level. Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. What happened to the other one of these sheets? Don't tell me I left it at home. No. There's two of them. Somebody. I never took it. 6,745 hit points for me. 8,001 is what you need. 2,700. I'm on level 3. 2,700. You're not on level 3. I need 1,000. No. You need a lot more. I just need a little bit more. For your next level, guys. You're level 3 now, aren't you? Okay. I got 12. I was level 3. Yeah, you're level 3. Okay. Level 3. Level 3. You're level 3. 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 No, to begin with, I was level one, but now I'm level three. I know. I got twenty. <laughs> I got twenty. Hey, hey, Tom. That's when you need about eight thousand and one. Rodney, as a cleric, you need to level three six thousand and one. I want six thousand one for level three alone. I'll be going to level four. No. How many do you have, Rodney? Two thousand seven hundred. Need three thousand and one for level three. It's level four. You need. Hey, Tom. I need Gosh. 3,100. We gotta get him to kill a dragon. How are you gonna get up? This place collapsed. Well, I there can find be the wall. There might weasels lurking about. Okay, you guys dig me out. Okay, we'll dig him <laughs> out. Okay, <laughs> I, I get my sword. Oh, yeah, I, I pull my sword out. Turn in the gas. You can't pull it out. You try pulling it out. I'll try. Are we just roll? I'll try. 
I'll try again. Can't pull it out. He's sitting on Barry. Can't yet. pull it out. He can't help you and get on Barry because he's a negative one. Yeah. Yeah. You can't pull it out. Okay. You can't even pull it out anyway. Okay. I'm going to heal him. No, no, no. I'll no, let no, me yes, yes, yes. Look, look, I have a healing. I'm going to okay, heal him. Okay, Todd, I heal him with just a healing. I'm going to heal him with a super healing. I heal him with just a, just a healing. You're under the wall. No, you, you didn't heal him. Yeah, I did. I did. Yes, I did. He did. No, you, no, you super heal him. Okay, I super heal him. Gives up 11 hit points. How many hit points does he have to get? 11? No, him! Uh-huh. How yeah. many hit points does he get taken off? None, because it's not a spell. Why is that smell, spell? The one you've been using before for... What Cure Light Wounds is. This is a potion. I know, but before you were using Cure Light Wounds. Yeah, I've been Okay, so, I'm going to use another... So, so it takes off hit points by force of healing on the guy. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. I said, You're still your spell, cure light wounds, take off hit points. Then that's why'd you make me take off one hit point for healing? I didn't. Why'd you say so? You usually say heal them, and you, before you kept using your cure light wounds spell, so I just imagine that you're using that. I say cure light wounds when I cure light You're still wounds. under the wood. No, I'm not. Y'all buried me. <laughs> I did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get these guys out. I'm tired of arguing. Okay. I'm going to get my spikes and we're going to climb up the wall. I, I get our pull my sword yes. out. We forgot your, we forgot your leather and forgot your sword. That's been close two adventures ago. Did I get it? Shoot, we need 20. We need a 20? Yeah. Well, we better hurry up in case something else comes. I can give you my dagger, or no. I have a dagger plus one, but my sword's better. See? I can give you my dagger as plus two, but plus three to bigger enemy. But you better take care of it really good. Three trolls. Three trolls. Kill them. Yes, kill them. Okay. See on. A needle man. There's a needle man in there. Remember the needle man? What is it? He's got needles all over and shoots them out like this. And, um, okay, I'm gonna use my crossbow on him. Michael, Michael brought that one monster book that has needle man in it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna use my this, crossbow on the needle man. needle man. Okay, yeah. There is no needle man. I said there's needle man in this though. What are you guys gonna do? I'm gonna attack with my crossbow accuracy. You need a 14 to hit an armor class of 4. Well, you only need 11 with your crossbow accuracy. Okay. You hit him. <laughs> Barely. Two damage. Eric. Four. Warhammer. Four. Five. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You swing around like this. Like this. Lawson, you can't stop. <laughs> hey, Todd. Todd. How is my uh, sword stuck in the wall? Is it stuck in the stone or oh, wood? It's on the floor. Is it in wood? On dirt? Stone. Stone. So that thing got wedged into stone. Oh gosh. Hard. Yeah, I know. If it was wood, I'm sure we would have pulled it out easier. I'll conk him with a flail. Conk. <laughs> Seventeen. Seventeen. Six damage on him so far. Come on. Ooh, thirty. All of a sudden, while you can't stop swinging, he's like, Well, I'll let go. 
<laughs> Did it hit you? Yes. <laughs> Take four damage. <laughs> I pick up the war hammer. You taking your war hammer? No, I'll give it back if you try to get my sword out. Oh. Yeah. Good. You dumb sword, you stuck in the ground. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna use uh whose turn is it? Rodney's? Yeah. Okay. Do I still have my hammer? No. He, he went to get the hammer. I get the hammer. That's your turn. Your yeah. turn. Okay, I'm going to use one of my super healing potions. So On yourself? Yeah. Give yourself a merry little 11 hit points. 